Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Today's scripture can be found in Exodus 5, 22, page 46 in your pew Bible. Then Moses turned again to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you mistreated this people, and why did you ever send me? Since I first came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated this people, and you have done nothing at all to deliver your people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Indeed, by a mighty hand he will let them go. By a mighty hand he will drive them out of this land. God also spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant in them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they resided as aliens. I have also heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are holding as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Aid therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will set you free from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from the slavery of them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and will mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for your possession. I am the Lord. Ten weeks, week three. We're making this amazing journey through the book of Exodus across ten weeks, and today is the third episode. Now next week, Jonathan Hall is preaching. You'll need to get here early to get a place. But we're not going to discontinue the story. He's going to carry the narrative right along. In the first week, you remember we stopped and walked around in the story of the infant Moses being delivered uh, from the reeds in the River Nile, because the king had ordered the all male Hebrew babies be drowned, but Moses, saved by the Egyptian princess, raised in the royal household. But then as a man, when it's found out that he has killed an Egyptian, the king is looking for his life. Moses becomes a fugitive, takes off to Midian where he marries uh, and goes to work for his father-in-law herding sheep. Then, last week, while he's out tending to his father-in-law's sheep, Moses encounters the voice of God that comes awake in the burning bush. And Moses begins to answer the call of God to lead people to freedom. Well, so far in the story, we've been following kind of overlapping dramas. The, the first is this family drama, this kind of micro story that's happening of Moses and his sister and his mama and the princess and all of that. But then we've got this big national story playing out too, the big story that's the backdrop for the whole drama, which is the Egyptian king's slavery and mistreatment of the Hebrew people. 
their cry for deliverance from their slavery. And the burning bush of last week was God's call on Moses' life to be the one to lead this historic deliverance. So, let's pick up where we left off last week. Moses is still in dialogue with God. Not convinced at all he's the right candidate for this new job. God gives Moses two signs to authenticate this calling. This really is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's saying these two signs, but Moses keeps arguing back. God, I, I am really not a good speaker. I am not eloquent. In fact, my, my speech is slow. You probably want somebody else. And God answers and says, who do you think gives the power of speech to humans? Do you remember? I've got this. And Moses begged, please, please send somebody else. Well, finally convinced that God is not changing God's mind and that this is a call on Moses, Moses goes back, begs off from his job from his father-in-law, asks his father-in-law's blessing to go back to Egypt to free the Hebrew kinfolk of his. So Moses packs the station wagon, puts the kids and the wife in there, and heads off to confront Pharaoh and be the agent of God's deliverance. First, he meets up with his brother, Aaron. They assemble the elders of the Hebrew leaders. Aaron explains to them that God has spoken to his brother Moses. The tribal leaders believe that Moses has indeed been called of God to be the deliverer, and they bow down and worship. So now it's game day. It's time for Moses to put on his best suit, roll up to the gates, make this declaration to the king. God has directed every part of this move. God has clearly told Moses that the next part of this is to go toe-to-toe with the Egyptian Pharaoh and ask release. So Moses goes trembling, goes up to the Egyptian king, and makes a more modest request, three days. Let people out of their slavery for three days to go observe an important religious festival. Now, he's, he's, gone. he's following God's calling. He's done what he was supposed to do. And Moses fails. I mean, just fails big. Not only does God not agree to Moses' demand, the king makes things even harder on the Hebrews. They had a quota about how many bricks they were to make. Folks would bring in the straw. They had to make this many bricks in a week. King says the rules have changed. Get your own straw. And you still have to make just as many bricks as you did before. Now Moses... (laughs) Faithful, obedient, does what God's asked. And rather than releasing the Hebrews for three days of worship, Pharaoh makes it even harder on them than before. Well, thanks a lot, Moses. That's kind of the reaction, right? What a hero you turned out to be. Why don't you just go back to tending sheep? We were really better off before you got into this mess. Well, finally, we get to today's story. 
and Moses is hot. Moses is angry with God, shaking his fist in the air and complaining, why do you keep mistreating these people? Why in the world did you call me and send me and things got worse? And why is it that you've done nothing to help your people? And while Moses is shaking his fist and yelling, what do you have to say for yourself? God simply restates the promise, reminds Moses that he is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Now, I hope you're not being too hard on Moses here, (laughs) because every deep faith includes a little bit of yelling. God, I've trusted you. I've trusted you with my daughter's rebelliousness. rebelliousness. I've prayed and prayed and prayed, and she is further away today than she ever was from your hope. So where are you, God? Lord, you promised never to leave me or forsake me, and yet I'm 84 years old. Nobody comes to visit. I'm the loneliest I've ever been, and you seem absent in this abandonment too. Where are you, God? The layoff's not my fault. I'm out of work. I keep submitting applications. I keep praying for deliverance. Here I sit eating Doritos, waiting on the phone to ring. Where are you, God? We have all had some experience of God not coming through for us like we wanted. I've told you this story before, part of this story anyway. When I was 29 years old, the church I was serving as associate at the time split. It was a a young church. It was a nine-year-old church. The church had no financial reserves. My position was not going to be part of the 1994 budget. I was not fired. I was welcome to stay. They just weren't going to be paying me beginning January 1994. That feels a little like being fired. We ended up moving in with my parents and running up credit cards. And I prayed and I cried and I found other stuff to do. I was an interim minister of education. I worked retail at night. I made phone calls to Baptist mentors pleading for help. I needed deliverance. And finally, a small church outside of Augusta, a First Baptist church, took interest in me. We got excited again and went for meals and interviews and tours of the church. We went and saw the elementary school where our then four-year-old twins would soon be going to school. Melissa and I looked at neighborhoods kind of near the church, and I envisioned where I might put stuff in the office there. And Finally, the call came from the chair of the search committee, and he said, Doc, we've, we've decided to go with another candidate. Moses is angry. God, you did not come through for me like I expected you to. 
And God answers by saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I established my covenant with them, and I've made promises to you. And I've never broken a promise. Never. I will deliver the land that I have promised. God did not deliver Moses' expectations or Moses' timeline. God is leading a massive project of reclaiming the world through love. God's redemption, God's deliverance, God's salvation happens in the mystery of God's large and holy dreams for us. God has never broken a promise, but working deliverance on our timetable was not one of the promises. So God calls on Moses to remember the redemptive history. Abraham, I came through, right? Isaac, you remember that story? I came through, right? Jacob, I came through, right? Remember. Is it any wonder that the word remember shows up 253 times in our Bible? Because remembering God's faithfulness in the past is how we regain our trust to believe again that God has never broken covenant. Never. Take a look at the worship bulletin again. That psalm we read earlier in worship that that was our responsive reading. The psalms were worship hymns of ancient Israel. The The Hebrews would sing this as a part of worship, as a hymn of remembrance. Give thanks, His steadfast love endures forever. He made the heavens, His steadfast love endures forever. He spread out the waters, His steadfast love endures forever. He separated sun and stars and moon, His steadfast love endures forever. He remembered us when things were bad. His steadfast love endures forever. He rescued us from our enemies. His steadfast love endures forever. He feeds us regularly. His steadfast love endures forever. It was just a way to remember. After the church near Augusta called and told me they had gone with another candidate, I cried, balled up in a fetal position and cried. I felt abandoned. God had not come through for me like I wanted. But what happened later was another phone call that led to another phone call, which led to another interview, which led to an 18-year career at Mercer University. I worked 18 years at the School of Theology. 
with seminary students who became my parish. I, I had other job titles, but for 18 years I envisioned I was pastor to this group of seminary students. It was marked by 18 years of joy and satisfaction and relationship and fulfillment. It was a wonderful 18 years. And a, and a mentor of mine, a retired pastor, pastoral counselor, was come by my office every now and then, he'd stick his head in, he'd say, after looking around at all the, uh, all the abundance that had just spilled out all over my office because I was just having such a big time, he'd look in, he'd say, still disappointed about that little church you didn't get to go pastor? <laughs> it is he who remembered us in our lowest state. His steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes and opened the door to a career at Mercer and blessed you with a calling to second pots. To Him alone does great wonders. His steadfast love endures forever. The voice of God spoke to Moses saying, I kept my promises. I kept the promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I promised them the land of Canaan, and I have never broken covenant. I also heard the groaning of the Egyptian slaves. I'll deliver them too. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. I am, you are mine, and my steadfast love is going nowhere. I have no way of knowing what you carried in here today, but I do know that underneath our Sunday best, most of us are holding on to some unanswered prayers. Some of you may be in the midst of praying some really angry prayers and shaking your fist. Well, I'd never tell you to just snap out of it and start praying sweet pastel prayers instead. Because even our he hero Moses felt the pain of God not coming through on his timetable. But I would invite you to the faithful discipline of remembering 253 times, remember. God made the moon and the stars. God delivered the Hebrews from captivity. God has come through for you in the past. God has preserved you to this good day. God has never stopped loving you. God has never broken covenant. God is still in the business of deliverance. His steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, 
Come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.